Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is Sunday Edition with Anthony, a news magazine show featuring human interest, in the spotlight, movers and shakers, and the news and happening that affects all of us in and out of the ACB community. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sunday Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Corona, and today it is all about get up and get moving. Before we dive into that fascinating conversation, I want to remind everybody about the 6460 campaign, which is going on all year. If you'd like information about how you can donate to ACB to help us celebrate our 60 years of advocacy, of communication, of peer support, and all the other amazing things that this organization does, please go to ACB, the letters ACB.org. And you can find a listing of all the ways you can donate, all the ways that you can join committees or be a part of the great work this community does. Uh, Second sidebar note, I'd also like to remind you guys that Next Generation is having an open membership drive. You can hit up their website, acbnextgeneration.org. So Tom is going to introduce some of his committee members in a few minutes, but I wanted to introduce Tom personally. He is heading up this campaign. He uh, is formerly one of our directors of development, and he has his finger among the pulse of ACB in many different areas, including a new presidency. Correct, Mr. Tobin? Yes, sir. I was elected July 14th as president of ACB Diabetics in Action. So it's been a busy seven weeks since that election. So it's all good stuff. But thanks for having me. It's in our entire committee. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sunday Edition. I've been wanting to get you on here for a while. Before we dive into Get Up, Get Moving, is there anything you want to tell us about Diabetics in Action that we should look out for? Yeah, we need people to uh, get reach out to their representatives and senators and ask them to co-sponsor H.R. 4853. It's the Non-Visual Accessibility Act for all digital uh, durable medical equipment, other equipment as well, like blood pressure monitors and those types of things. Anything that has a digital interface, uh, which is like tier two, tier three is what we're focusing on. So we need people, everyone, if we could in ACB, to reach out to their representatives and senators and ask them to co-sponsor H.R. 4853. And if they've already done that, just reach back out and say thank you very much. And if you could, please send any of your communications or reports on telephone calls uh, to uh, via email to advocacy at acb.org so the national office can keep track of what's going on. That'd be great. Awesome. Now, I got to work with uh, your predecessor, Mr. Tony Stevens, when I did my internship for ACB. And I remember when this campaign was getting started, how excited those of us were to think outside the box and come up with ways that we could get our folks up and moving. Um, This really was born out of advocacy for uh, diabetics in action and awareness of some of the plights that are facing, you know, durable medical equipment, et cetera, et cetera. Do you want to tell the folks, you know, how it all ended up congealing together and, and how an actual committee got started? Oh well, <laughs> you might get different opinions on that from the rest of the my my uh, the uh, crew on the call. But I will just say that uh, you know, really, it, sta- it started in um, 
I think 2009 with the Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk, or what was now known as the Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk. And Mr. Dan Dillon, who's on the call today, can talk more about that. But yeah, so we we're working on trying to get people, you know, uh, off their back ends and get up and get moving. And so the uh, ACB Walk, uh, which is now known as the ACB Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk, came into fruition. And it was a first effort by ACB to uh, get people up and moving. And um, getting into the full campaign of Get Up and Get Moving, I think a lot of it came out of that. And a lot of it also came out of um, the fact that we've all been living this horrific pandemic for 17, 18 months now, and people have been home. They haven't been working out. They haven't been exercising. And so we thought, and this is not, we as a group thought that um, it was a great opportunity to promote uh, the American Council of Blind uh, with this campaign to get us back into mainstream society as we all kind of slowly creep back in, even though COVID is having second thoughts about that. But that was get people you know, back into society, reintegrated, uh, and having people who are blind and visually impaired very much part of that. And of course, as you alluded to, Anthony, the, the uh, get up and get moving, the whole exercise uh, aspect of that is a big part of it. And you'll hear more about that from uh, my co-chair, Leslie Spoon. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how things got rolling. And um, it's a pleasure and honor to be the chairman of all this. And um, I'm excited. We've got a great team. So I want to send a special shout out to Zelda Gebhard. Um, who folks should know from all of the tireless work that she does for the BOP and in other areas of the American Council of the Blind. She put a fabulous out idea out there a few weeks ago that she's going to take the same amount of miles in walking between now and our in-person convention in Omaha next July. She's on a plan to make sure that she walks the same amount of miles, Dale, um, you know, with it in breaking it down into daily walks as though she were to walk from home to Omaha. And I thought that was an incredibly, incredibly awesome idea. Gabriel and I are also trying to adopt uh, the same type of thing. I saw a lot of people commenting back and forth. So that's just one way that our members can can get up and get moving and, and have a goal, something fun to, to work towards, to try to achieve. Um, Anthony, I would say, I would just to jump in, I, I saw her post on leadership and I called her like right then. <laughs> I was so, I thought it was not only a very creative idea, but a great, you know, inspiration to get everyone thinking about how can we all get to Omaha? And um, I, I, I will, I will echo your sentiment, Anthony. I was so enamored by that idea. I just, I was, and I remember I've called, I called a lot of our committee members here oh, this is a great idea. Let's, let's all jump on top of it. So there's a lot of enthusiasm about what Zelda is doing. And um, yeah. yeah, so yeah, I, I, it was a great, great inspiration for, for me personally. And I think a lot of us out there to uh, how can we get to Omaha? And I want to shout out Terry, who we're going to hear from in a few minutes on the call. She inspired me by some of her postings to post a daily dance song that I'm committed to dancing to whatever the length, three minutes and 20 seconds, five minutes and 47 <laughs> seconds. But I'm committed to dance every day and I'm hoping to inspire folks through the Facebook group page. But let's dive into the folks that are on the call. Tom, why don't you introduce your committee? Thank you. I would love to. I, I say this with genuine uh, pleasure in my heart. This is truly an A-team, Anthony. I'm very blessed. We are very blessed in ACB to have such talented people on this committee. Uh, and they are Dan Dillon, who I referred to earlier. Uh, he is the chairman of our partnership uh, subcommittee. You'll hear more about that. Connie Sims, uh, who is a new <coughs> member of ACB's board of directors and 
has just an incredible amount of uh, background in the healthcare area and exercise and all that. Uh, great, great member of the committee, uh, Leslie Spoon, who we mentioned earlier. Um, she and um, Terry Suarez are co-chairs of the publicity committee, and you'll hear more from them in a second. Sheila Styron. Sheila Styron is the chair of our advocacy committee, and I've already learned over the past couple of months so much from Sheila's leadership. She is one passionate person when it comes to advocacy and uh, getting the word out there and getting people uh, to do their thing and get involved. And certainly last but not least is Terry Suarez, who's become a great friend of mine. She has a, n- another amount of tremendous experience in the healthcare space and uh, just an amazing idea generator, uh, a great, yeah. nothing but enthusiasm. So, and then little old me, that's it. So it's a, it's a small <laughs> yet mighty group, but I, I, I feel very blessed to have such an amazing team around us and ACB should feel very good about what great leaders they had on this get up and get moving campaign. So for the folks that are listening, when um, when you introduce yourselves individually, if you can just let uh, let our listeners know where you're from and just a very small slice of your ACP history thus far, so we all know we can get to know the voices that'll be talking for the next uh, hour and 56 minutes. Let's start with the publicity committee. Leslie and Terry, step on up and say hello. Leslie? Hi. <laughs> Hi, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> woohoo! Let's hear a woohoo from everybody. Ready? One, woohoo! Three. Woohoo! That's our first, slogan, Leslie. Anthony. Yeah. You want me to go, go first? Yeah, you go first. Okay, so this is Leslie Spoon. I live in Orlando, Florida with my husband, Dan Spoon. My I AC- don't know who he is. Started- <laughs> <laughs> to be the president of ACB. <laughs> started about 20 years ago when I moved to Florida, when I married Dan. I've been a president of my local chapter, the Greater Orlando Council of the Blind. I've been fundraising chair for many, many years with Greater Orlando Council of the Blind. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> the American Council of the Blind auction chair. Uh, for both auctions now, the summer auction and the uh, ACB Media Holiday Auction. Um, it's just been renamed. So that'll be coming up soon. Just a little plug there, November 28th. So that's a wonderful event. And I am a certified aerobic instructor, certified personal trainer, certified step, kickbox, aqua, yoga. And I do uh, five days of calls on the American Council of the Blind Community. and just love it, love it, love it. So anybody can join me. So you have absolutely no experience with Get Up and Get Moving, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right. None, none whatsoever. And thank you, Anthony, for having us. I forgot to say that in the beginning. So thank you Abs- so much. Absolutely. Terry? Thank you, Anthony, for having us on here and giving us this opportunity. I just have to ask, are you going to make your famous balls for the auction? <laughs> <laughs> with much more um, rapid and success than the previous auction. Yes, I will. Yeah. Well, so thank right. you for everything you've done raising money and advocating. So my name is Terry Suarez. Um, I am actually one of only been in ACB community for August was a year. I am the interim president of COM, which is chapter of at-large members of Florida Council of the Blind. And I have the honor of being a part of this amazing committee of Get Up and Get Moving. My background is, is I am still a licensed critical care respiratory therapist of 30 years. I've worked with organizations such as American Heart, American Lung Association, cystic fibrosis, and many other organizations on advocacy, um, especially my own profession, which is American 
uh, Association of Respiratory Care and Florida Society of Respiratory Care. I was um, involved in the leadership on many different levels over the 30 years. And I am super excited to be a part of this team to inspire. And thank you for that was the best thing you could say is my my song of the day helps you keep moving for the day. (laughs) (laughs) It does. And it inspired me to join along. And so folks out there, if you have other ideas to, you know, help promote Get Up, Get Moving, hit one of these two ladies up and um, definitely go check out the Facebook group page. All right. So what are you guys, what are you gals working on? Well, we've got a lot cooking, don't we, Leslie? We sure do. We are always cooking with us. So <laughs> we're, we're super excited about October 15th. I think we've got a little bit of something going on that I think Anthony's going to be pretty excited about since he l- enjoys dancing. What do you think, that's, Leslie? That's what I'm thinking. If he's dancing it up, you know, and if <laughs> you want to join a happy hour cardio class on Fridays, Anthony. <laughs> oh, yes. You can it's dance. Fun. You don't have to have any equipment. You know, you can just dance away. So. I like the idea of that. I will yeah. definitely be there very soon. So we're go. super excited about October 15th. We're doing a uh, pretty much disco dance party. That's going to be six hours of dance music. It will be airing on ACB Media 4, Cafe Radio, the old stream. And we will have a Zoom interactive room. So everyone, it'd be like a party where we can see everyone who's there. And we're going to start at 2 p.m. And we're going to start in the 1960s. And we're going to do every hour will be a different decade. So from two to three will be the 1960s all the way to eight o'clock at night when we hit 2010. And we are super excited as each hour goes by, we're going to have different facilitators and every committee member. Plus, I think we got the president. I believe we got Dan Spoon helping us out in the 70s, 1970s. In the 70s. Yep. 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 And Leslie's got the 80s and Dan Dillon and Tony Stevens has um, the 60s and the 90s is Tom and who has the 2000? Oh, I have the 2000. And then for 2010, we are getting the entire committee together to close out the party. So we are super excited. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to have trivia questions with some door prizes. So it's definitely a party, but you know what I'm super excited about, Leslie? is What What are you excited about, Terry? Oh man. When Tony (laughs) Stevens says he's going to put together before the dance party, an advocacy round table, and we might have some leaders from our congressional there talking about our advocacy and just talking about White Cane Day. Because right. that's what it is about. We're getting up and get moving, just like Tom said, getting back into the groove, getting back into the the real world. And we also have, Terry, just a little glimpse. It's not, it's a draft mode, but we're doing a marketing plan and that'll be out soon. Thanks with Jennifer Flatt's help from the American Council of the Blind Office, the staff. Exactly. So, yeah, so we're, be- we're tweaking that, all the committee and working on that right now. And uh, so that's going to be out in It'll be really good. It's a good marketing tool that Jen Blatt has put together and with the committee's help. Yeah, and this is a tool that will be available to all of the members for individual use, for um, affiliate use, chapters, individuals, so you can share with your family and friends. So we're creating things that you're like, 
I really want to talk to someone, but I don't know what to say. Well, we're going to help you with that. Thanks to Jennifer yeah. Flat. Mm-hmm. Yep. And of and course, we've already got some hashtags going on, don't we? We do. Thank you so much. I was just <laughs> getting ready into that. Yes. So the biggest one right now we're going is hashtag ACB get moving. Now, the trick with these hashtags is you want to put it at the end of whatever media, social media you use platform, you know, Twitter, Facebook, um, all the ones that are out there. And you want to make sure you have no spaces in between the words and no punctuation at the end. So it's hashtag ACB G-E-T. M-O-V-I-N-G. And we haven't hit a thousand yet. So we need everyone to get out there and hashtag. That's our goal. A thousand. Yes. Uh, We're trying. We're trying. I think we can do it. Oh, I know we can. You know why? Because this is a community of flexibility. That's right. And if not, do yoga on Mondays at four o'clock with Leslie. She'll get you flex. (laughs) So Leslie, what um what inspired you to to step up to another leadership role and take on co-chairing PR with Terry? I love moving. You know that. You've known me for a while. That and everybody that knows me, I love to move. I teach classes. I I still teach here in my home from having my own gym for five years. And you know, it's just been a really good co-chairmanship. Um, Terry's got wonderful ideas. She's got great creativity. And I'm the task person. I'm the list person. So we work really well together. So she runs with the creativity and, I, and I'm and i doing the uh, administration part. And we just really work well together. And I think it's this committee is just an outstanding committee. And it's, you know, it's this is what's passionate to me is getting up and get moving and, and everybody to keep moving. You know, it's so hard. Everybody, a lot of people are sedentary in life, you know, so just to to stand you know, might be, might be challenging for people just to come to one of my classes could be challenging, you know, but I encourage everybody just to stand or wiggle your toes and fingers or move your head side to side, you know, slowly, always slowly, you know, cause you don't want to hurt <laughs> anything and uh, just get moving a little bit. You're, you know, just get the, the blood pumping, the body flowing and, and you're just the endorphins just kick in Anthony, you know, from dancing, how it makes you feel. And it's, it's just, a great feeling. So for those folks out there who want to help uh, get the word out there, are your committee meetings open? And how can people, besides the hashtag and the Facebook group, how can people get the word out there? Well, really right now, um, we are focusing on trying to find the best path of doing that, the best process. So we really want everybody to join us on Facebook. Um, We've got Jennifer Flat that is going to be doing, oh, we have our website. I forgot <laughs> our mm-hmm. webpage off of acb.org. Um, Jennifer and Kelly have done a fantastic job where you can go to acb.org and click on uh, get up and get moving. And we have an entire page dedicated to everything we are doing. And the wonderful thing is, is Kelly has done a great job on if you connect that to your affiliate page or your chapter page. Any updates that we do on that page automatically get updated on your web page. So, yeah, so that was a big, I forgot I can announce that. I hope I can. Did anybody call Jennifer? No, I'm just teasing. No, it's it's up and alive. (laughs) And um, because we were developing a process where things are changing so 
rapidly. And there's so many great things like, you know, the Zelda getting us all to get up and moving for Omaha. We wanted to create it a simple way that you, we put the information on the web page and it flows right into your web page. You don't have to worry about the update. So thank you so much, Anthony. And of course, um, health checkup is going on every Wednesday. And um, this Wednesday, we will be talking about White Cane Day and Jennifer Flat will actually be on the call. I'm super excited to answer any questions. So please come out and um, ask any questions. And so I'm going to I'm going to virtually put Zelda on the spot and uh, hopefully she will write a companion blog posting to go to our ACB Voices blog and she can hashtag ACB Get Moving right there. Um, and for you folks out there who also you know feel inspired, please hit up the blog with ways that you um, that you get up and get moving as well. Tom, did I miss anything? Is there anything that I should have highlighted with these two wonderful co-chairs? That's the beauty of these co-chairs. I just let them do their thing. They're great. No, they really are. And uh, I think they hit it all. Uh, I think the other platform, right, Terry and Leslie's Instagram. I think Jen has this on Instagram. Um, I may be wrong on that. But anyway, no, I, they covered the bases beautifully. So thanks, ladies. Thank well, you. you're welcome. And another all right well i know that the ladies have other commitments they're going to be sticking around for a while and helping us out with the rest of the conversation but um have a great rest of the day in case you have to get off while we're in the middle of chatter tom where should we go next i would love to turn to our advocacy subcommittee chair and that would be sheila styron she's such a talented person in this space. As I said earlier, I've already learned a lot from her and uh, among uh, her get up and get moving activities, she's very involved with the transportation, uh, which is, of course, if you can't, can't get what you need to go to get exercise, transportation's an issue. So I would turn it over to Sheila. Hey, Sheila, welcome well, to Sunday Edition. Hi, it's so great to be here. I wanted to throw out, we have mentioned Jennifer and we have mentioned I would just like to throw out a big thank you to all of ACB staff members who who help us out. Are they are they not actually on the committee, Tom? Or we just kind of didn't list them, but we're getting a lot of help from so many people at ACB. And um, I am proud to be, as Tom said, I'm chair of the advocacy uh, subcommittee here and chair of transportation for ACB. I've served as um, GDUI president, guide dog users of California. I'm on the ACB advocacy committee as well. And in my um, real life, or sometimes not so real life, um, I work <laughs> for a center for independent living in Kansas City, where I'm a disability rights advocate. I'm a blindness, low vision specialist, and spend a lot of time advising people on where to go for resources and services. But the fun part of my job is mostly in the before times, although we're starting to get back to activities now. I actually teach a class like Leslie does. I teach a stretch class on Mondays, which I get my time zones confused. I'm in the Midwest. I think my stretch class is uh, an hour before Leslie's or maybe after <laughs> four o'clock central five. Yeah, it's after Leslie's. I have tandem bikes. I get people out tandem bike riding. We partner with Bike Walk KC here. Used to take and we'll get back to bowling with people once a month. Have a couple of exciting activities coming up now, like get up and get moving things. Partnering with a couple of other organizations here, the Children's Center for Low Vision and um, 
Alpha Point, and we are doing a beep kickball tournament, a one-day adult tournament on October 9th, and um, have one of those bike rides coming up on the 17th. So trying to do my part uh, in terms of getting people up and moving here in the Kansas City area. Um, I myself do some yoga. I just, I know it's crazy, but in the past few months, I've just started running and um, I've done three races and I have another one coming up on the 25th of September and another one end of October. Actually, our committee, we have three basic pillars that we're building our campaign on. We've got the PR, which you've already heard from, and partnerships, which is still to come. And within advocacy or sort of on top of the advocacy pillar, I kind of wanted to think of it as the great fist of advocacy. And they're like, Kayla, no, you got to call it a hand. We have to tone this down a little bit. But anyway, you know, on our hand, we got five fingers, right? So uh, we, we have five areas where we really want to focus our advocacy moving forward. So if you all want to play along with me, you know, let's start with our thumb, you know, the old thumb drive and and driving is transportation and how can we take care of our health and do all the things we need to do without great transportation. Um, We have to get to the doctor's office. We have to get to the gym. We have to be able to get out and walk on those sidewalks. We, we have to um, do these things, whether, whether we live in the country or whether we're in more urban environments. And uh, so all of those things, including, as I said, sidewalks, safe, safely being able to cross the street. So, so much advocacy we have to do. What's next? Pointer. We got to point the way to accessible exercise equipment. Whether we're talking about the gym or the home, we got to have this exercise equipment that we can turn on, that we can turn off. We can we can speed it up. We can slow it down. We can set our um, programs. You know, here at work, I have a treadmill and I sneak away from my desk and I go on that treadmill. But all I can do is turn it off and on and up the hill and down the hill. But that's because I put, you know, high mark on it. And um, it, it really would be so nice if I could set a program and do it the way everyone else gets to do it. So we have to um, have access to accessible equipment in our homes, in the hospitals, rehab centers. And then what is the third prong of our advocacy approach? The longest finger, the longest reach. And that may be, you know, one of our biggest climbs reaches of all, and that is access to um, accessible medical care, um, medical facilities, all of the aspects, the communication, the forms we have to fill out, accessible prescription bottles, all the instructions we need to, to take the medications, the communications, the, the electronic portals. I don't do too badly with my St. Luke's here in Kansas City, but at an advocacy committee meeting last week, I was hearing from other people on the committee whose portals are not working well at all in their area. So we have a lot of work to do. And then fourth finger, fourth prong, we can put a ring around it. And that is accessible nutrition information. We are nothing without our food. We are what we eat. We have got to all engage with healthier eating, even some of us who try some of the time. We don't do a good job all the time. We really are what we eat. And last but not least, one of our big advocacy thrusts is going to be accessible, durable medical equipment. 
And now Tom already stole some of my thunder and he talked about the um, Accessible Medical Equipment Act 4853. And this is really important. And if you haven't yet done the call to action, it's really not hard. It, it gives you a step-by-step. If you, if you lost it in your inbox, I bet you can still find it up on acb.org plus um, our magical advocacy email address that works for everything, advocacy at acb.org. Not only can you let them know what you've done, but you can ask questions. You can ask them to send you another copy of that call to action. It explains all of the key points of our, um, our calls to action. And there's another one that I will talk about in a minute. But if we don't get this durable medical equipment nut cracked, we really, really have to. There are so many people who lose their vision due to diabetes. Like every time I've ever been in guide dog school, mm-hmm. there have been a good number of people in there who how, you know, why, you know, how did you lose your vision? Oh, diabetes. It's very common and we need this equipment to be accessible. So I want all of you to really do this. You said it so beautifully, but that, that's how I lost my vision complications to long-term diabetes. And frankly, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is truly a life and death situation. This equipment can help somebody not only prevent complications from diabetes, but for those of us that have experienced complications, we're much more prone to other complications beyond vision impairment, kidney disease, heart disease, amputations, uh, neuropathy, which is a loss of sensitivity in your extremities. If we don't have the tools to better manage our diabetes, whether you're a type 1 or type 2, insulin-dependent or non-insulin-dependent, basically, you could die. It's as simple as that, Anthony. You could just die. And um, I can't overstate the importance of getting this done. And this is one of the first times in quite a long time to Sheila's point, we've really had an opportunity to do that. So thank you for mentioning that, Sheila. And Tom and Sheila, it's Leslie. Isn't diabetes one of the leading causes of, of blindness? And working yes. age people. Yes, you're correct. Yeah, yeah, it surely yeah. is. This could happen to anybody, you know, so it's it's so near and dear to everybody's heart that, that has diabetes. You know? So what Sheila's saying is so, so true. Sunday edition is making a, a strong I would like commitment. to keep talking, but you go. <laughs> to be behind get up get moving to you know to push forward the advocacy there's always going to be a space here for you know for you guys and for the campaign we're just a few bad habits away from diabetes every single one of us and then a few more bad choices away from blindness so while we have the opportunity to advocate we're we're also going to educate as much as possible and uh sheila it looks like you and the committee have come up with some great ideas on how to structure it all well so that it's a hand, one one strong moving set of muscles, set of fingers. And uh, that really inspires me to think that, you know, this campaign is going to go far in the next couple of years. Well, and then besides that, um, we also are really getting behind the Exercise and Fitness for All Act, which, you know, if we do this, maybe we won't get diabetes. Exercise, as we all know, it improves our mental health, it lowers our risks of early death, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and some cancers even are affected by exercise in a good way. And one in four people has a disability now, and that includes 93 million who are at risk of vision loss. And people with vision loss are way more likely to be the victims of obesity and stroke and heart disease. 
So we really need to get behind all this. And this is from the CDC and they know what they're talking about as um, most of us on this call know, probably everybody and hopefully everybody in the audience, it improves our daily life when we exercise and it lowers our risk to so many of these things. And it makes um, you feel good, Sheila. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I have to tell you when I run because I knew it running and I'm not that great at it. I tell you, I never feel better during the entire week than right when I finish running. It's like, oh, it's over. I feel so great. Exercise. Yes, when it's over, it's just so great. I'm hoping to get to the point where it feels good while I'm doing it. I was just going to say, Sheila, it's supposed to be the other way around. It's supposed to be good when you're doing it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm working up to that, Leslie. There I you am. go. There you go. But we really want to thank Senators Duckworth and yes. Feinstein and Casey and Blumenthal who have introduced the 2021 Accessible Fitness Act for All. And, and they did it during the ADA anniversary week. And what this act will do is it's going to um, authorize the U.S. Access Board to... Um, set numbers for the types and requirements for accessible equipment and fitness facilities. And it's going to ensure that these issues for implementation are all figured out within 18 months of passage of this bill. And the access board guidelines will be ones that everyone will be able to use to um, know what it is they need to do to get all of this working for us. And it's so far past time, you know, that, that we have all of this stuff. And we also had a call to action that was sent out a couple of weeks ago for this. And the same thing, if you would try to locate it in your email, follow the steps, just learn a couple. There's even a place in, in this email that it tells you how to engage in a conversation with your representatives. If you would rather do that than write an email, I usually will end up writing an email. Well, I'll do whatever the act, call to action asks, but I, I usually end up writing the emails because then I know I won't leave anything out. And But advocacy at acb.org is the place to go to do that. Let's all pledge to get up and dance. Anthony, the other day, he actually put out the song, the YMCA, and he actually gave the uh, instructions of how to do the YMCA, which I just absolutely love. I'm going to be quiet now, but Anthony, to um, finish out my little piece here, would you share with our audience how to do the YMCA, please? Because I just love that. I love reading that. Come on, do it. Well, first and foremost, you know, get the song pumping, you know, get it going. And so when you get to the chorus, which of course is YMCA, you throw your hands up and out wide, pull them into your shoulders for the M, bend to the right and make an arc for the C, and then bring them back up and join your tips for the A. Woo! Yeah. And it's really good exercise because you have to move your body really fast to get, yeah. you know, to all those letters on time. Y-M-C-A. I'm doing it. <laughs> Go, Sheila. Thank you, you know, guys. Yeah. Stay tuned because there will be some instructions for the electric slide, some instructions for the Macarena. And Anthony, that song, the Macarena, is the one that Dan and I did when we when we met each other. So we know Aww. that really well. 
<laughs> All right, Leslie, then you and I can collaborate on actually writing up instructions for it. That'll be there fun. You know. <laughs> Sounds great. I wouldn't be doing my PR co-chair job is to let you guys know that you can go on the acbmedia.org and go to podcast and you will see all the advocacy update podcasts. And we have Sheila and Tom have done two podcasts that are very helpful. And oh, thank you, just you Terry. Down- You're welcome. And yeah. the fantastic thing is, is you download it and then you can share it on Facebook and YouTube and email it to all your friends. And it's Absolutely. very, very helpful. Very, very helpful. So thank you, Anthony. Back to you. And if you dive into those archives, um, just about 11 months ago, Tom and I collaborated on a um, set of podcasts for diabetes awareness. And uh, some of the information in there is incredible. There's some sit-down interviews with folks like Jeff Bishop and um, Tom and Tony. So go back into the archives and check those out as well. In addition to all the other health and wellness podcasts out there, all of the ACB Diabetics in Action Convention program is up there too. And we have four just excellent speakers. So for those that are want to learn more about how to better manage your diabetes, uh, both through exercise, as Sheila mentioned, nutrition, as Sheila mentioned, and the devices out there that are currently fully accessible, please take a listen to those. I think you'll find them really useful. Absolutely. You know, um, it's definitely a good place. We've mentioned some of the staff members. We should definitely shout Clark and Swatha out by name and, and um, highlight all, all of the help that they're giving. And, you know, behind the scenes, we don't really hear her much in, you know, in these programs or on Advocacy Update. But also behind the scenes, Jolyn Belly Page, amazing, amazing contributions as well. Woo-hoo. Um, going yes, let's do a big <laughs> woohoo for the whole ACG <laughs> staff. Woohoo! <laughs> and Eric overseeing it all and uh, making sure that all of the eyes are dotted and the T's across. Woohoo, Eric! Yeah, woo-hoo, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Anthony. So before we we move away from the advocacy piece, my my curve ball question is three prongs. How is what Get Up Get Moving is doing now different from Leadership Week? The second piece of that is you spoke about a couple of senators and Congress persons that are on board. How important is it for us locally to hit up these folks, our Congress people that aren't necessarily on board right now? And then finally, the folks that say, hey, you know, I make these calls, I send these emails and nothing ever happens. What do you say to them? We'll start with Sheila, but everybody who has an idea, please feel free to chime in. Well, I guess what I would say is that what your first question was, how is what we're doing different from uh, our leadership meetings? And it's because this committee is focusing on those legislative issues that are more particularly related to health and exercise. So this campaign gives us an opportunity to really hammer on those particular issues and Your second question was about the various people that we need to go to, hit up, get on board. Legislation advances better when we have co-sponsors. And so both the call to action, calls to action that Clark, we we haven't mentioned his name yet. We couldn't do a lot of this without Clark Rockwell. I sort of did the rough drafts and he makes them good. So <laughs> Clark has, has uh, you know, is, he's such a pro. He's so good and he leaves no stone unturned. We 
take our calls to action and we ask all of our representatives to go and get people to just support on one level, but to become a co-sponsor gives the bill a lot more meat, a lot more oomph, and it is more likely to pass and be taken seriously by both bodies in their entirety, the Senate and the House. And then about all those people who say, well, you know, I write all these emails. I don't really think there are a lot of people who actually write a lot of emails and make a lot of calls who actually feel that way or say that. I think once you get involved in the process of sending these emails and making these phone calls and people call you back and people do return emails, which they do, it's their job. They have staff that do that. And so anybody who says, I don't really think they're being truthful. I think they're kind of whining and belly aching and they haven't been putting their best paw forward yet. So I encourage you all to do that. Get out there, follow these action steps. They're easy. They're like painting by numbers. And the more you do it, the more exciting it is. And when you're done, you just really know you've done a great thing and it does make a difference. I would just dovetail to this, Anthony, by saying to Sheila's point that in order to get all of these things done, and there's a lot going on, so don't, you know, we're not going to kid ourselves here, but for the people in your audience that say, well, that's okay, they'll go do it. That's the committee's job. No, ladies and gentlemen, we need everybody to participate because in the space of advocacy, numbers do play a role and they make a difference. So um, absolutely, we're not just flapping our jaws here. We uh, really need people to be engaged and to not shrug their shoulders and say, well, that's their job, not mine. It's all of our jobs to do this. So we need people to engage. Yeah. The thing about a grassroots organization is without each individual blade of grass, we don't have a lawn. We don't have grass to speak of. And each one of us plays an individual part. And that part is making sure we're green, making sure that we're showing our brightest color. And if that's an and, email and or a phone call, it takes just a couple of minutes out of your day to add. The thing is, is we all live in different places and we all have different representatives. There are a gazillion of them out there. Wherever you live, rural, country, everybody needs to contact their representative because if nobody contacts that particular representative, nobody who lives in Southeast Iowa gets to their guy, then he's not going to feel the pressure to do anything. So that's another reason why it's so important for everybody everywhere to do this, because we all live in different districts and we, these, all of these people need to hear from us. And Anthony, I would say it's Leslie. I would say also telling your story. My story is different from Sheila. Sheila's story is different from mine, you know, so calling your own, your own representatives really does help and telling your story story with becoming certified was a very, very traumatic one to me. It took me, it took me a while. You know, when I got certified, there were no visually impaired individuals that taught in the state of Florida. And Leslie, you're very, um, you're very involved in the leadership activities for the Florida Council of the Blind. How receptive are the LAs and PAs when we're sitting with them to our individual stories versus the packet of information that we're giving them when we show up? Oh, your individual story sells it. Completely. I mean, I'll talk to the LAs about my individual story about becoming certified and, and they're just like in awe, you know, because not because of me, it's just because of the situation and with my low vision and wanting to teach and giving my trait, you know, letting people learn from me because that's what we do. You know, when we want something passionately and Sheila with their advocacy, you know, we all have our different passions. So telling your story really sells it. 
a couple of years ago, I went physically to my uh, representative's local office here in Cleveland, and um, I took all of my adaptive diabetes tools, and I did a show and tell, and he videotaped it. You know, it was really interesting to do it, and I just, I, I can't underscore Leslie's point about the importance of your story. He's like, he had no idea that diabetes caused vision impairment among working age people. He had no idea what tools were actually out there. And he had no idea really what tools were not accessible. So he's he comes from a community of color, as does his boss, the rep. And so he was like blown away by it. And so it really does make a difference when you personalize your advocacy work. Right. I, I can't and the show and tell. Anthony? <laughs> yes. Anthony, Dan. this is Dan Dillon. And I would like to, uh, this is all really great advice, but don't forget follow-up. Uh, whether you make a phone call or send out an email, Maybe give them two weeks, but then give them another call or another email and see if the, uh, the, the staff person that you contact has actually talked to the congressman or the senator to be sure your, your feelings were known to the representative. And I would Absolutely. add one thing to that, Anthony, and Sheila touched on this, I think, and that is always say thank you. Yes. Right. You know, I want to piggyback on the personal story thing for a second and take it away from advocacy for just a moment. When we were writing the grant for Cindy Hollis's membership position, you know, for her assistant position, we collected blog stories. We collected personal testimonials and they looked at the numbers. They looked at the presentation, you know, they, they, they knew what they were talking about, but they really wanted to hear how does this directly impact your community? And we had those stories to pull up at an immediate point. And I gather to say that there were a tier or two in the room. You know, when Cindy made her pitch, it was phenomenal. She included so many names, so many community calls, all that we're doing. You know, and when you translate that over to legislative imperatives, it's the same thing. You, you're hooking you're hooking their heart. You're hooking their intelligence. And, mm-hmm. and you're getting them to pay attention to more than just a column full of numbers and, and you know, outcomes. So I, I definitely urge everybody to use those ha- hashtags, use, you know, use your social media, but also send an email, make a phone call. And as Dan said, please follow up. Sheila, before you um, relinquish the advocacy portion of this, will there be any templates um, posted for us to follow uh, guidelines that will make it easier for those of us that want to have these conversations or want to make these um, emails happen? Well, we have done two so far, and I don't know if other legislation will present itself or we will make it happen over the course of this campaign. But right now, there are definitely two calls to action which have been sent out. And of course, we always, uh, from time to time, through community calls and through the leadership seminars, have various advocacy trainings. And within the states, there are just advocacy trainings in general you can get those calls to action if you can't find them down in your email by going to advocacy at acb.org. And I know you can also find the calls to action and the various legislation that we're supporting on acb.org. So it's there. And any of us on this call would also be happy to help people out if you want to get more involved in doing advocacy. And we there's a lot of work and we need everybody to pitch in and Thanks to those of you who haven't. Welcome to anybody who wants to join in. You'll find it. It feels good once you start doing it. It's not really scary once you get your feet in the water. And for those folks that have had a positive experience already, or if you encounter a positive experience soon, please also post that. I'm going to continue to plug the ACB Voices blog. 
post that experience on the blog to, you know, inspire others to show us that it's working so we can continue to collect those personal stories. One, you know, one senator like Dianne Feinstein getting on board will inspire a lot of other senators. You know, that power voice inspires others to take a look and say, well, if she's if she's backing this, if she's talking about this, this must be something pretty serious. It must be something to look at. Dan Dillon, okay. we just heard you a moment ago. Welcome to Sunday Edition. Thank you, Anthony. And uh, I'll start by uh, you, you wanted to, to talk a little bit about ourselves. I've been a member of ACB around 22 years, and I'm originally from Michigan. Many, many years ago, I moved to Nashville, Tennessee to get in the music business, and I was for over 20 years. But um, I've been uh, co-chair of the Resource Development Committee for several years, and even longer than that, I've been a, a member of the uh, WALK Committee. And speaking of the WALK, the WALK was, as Tom, Tom mentioned, um, was started back in 2009. I, along with my late wife, Brenda, uh, started the WALK, and that, that WALK has, has been very successful. The, the original plan for the walk was uh, like we've talked a lot about was to get up and get moving get people out there exercising and walking we started out with a 5k walk and and realized that a lot of our members couldn't walk five miles and then, and then so we shortened the walk and then later on we uh, when we would plan a walk site we we uh, tried to set it up to where there would be benches along the way because uh, a lot of our members could only walk so far and they'd have to rest you know so this is how the walk has progressed over the years we don't walk as far as we originally did but we, we the, the the bottom line is is we we have been able to raise a lot of money for American Council of the Blind, and now of course to participating teams have the uh, opportunity to split whatever amount of money they raise between ACB and yes. their affiliate, the special interest groups. A lot of us newcomers to the American Council of the Blind, we hear about Brenda and wonderful things. What what do you think she would say about the Get Up Get Moving campaign, and and to see how the walk has um, you know, morphed into what it is today. I think she'd be very proud of how the walk has progressed. And I, I would think, I would hope, and I, well, I'm pretty sure she, she would be all for this get up and moving campaign. That's just, that's just a great thing, you know, to, to get our members. And when I say up and moving, I mean, we, we've talked about this a lot, but I mean, I'm talking about People that have a desk job, every half hour or hour, get up and, and, you know, walk down to the water cooler and back. When you have a chance to take stairs instead of an elevator, take yep. the stairs, you know. And uh, just little things like this, you know. Uh, in, instead of, if you if you live close to, to where you work, walk to work. Next best thing maybe is take a bicycle. I know, you know, I don't know. I guess it'd have to be a, a tandem bike in our situation. Uh, yeah, yeah. Any, any, any way you can get up and get moving. Uh, that's what this campaign is is all about. And and my my small part in this this campaign is I chair the subcommittee on uh, partnerships and. What we're trying to do is approach businesses, uh, corporations to get uh, financial support, but also we're contacting organizations and 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 and, and uh, corporations, businesses that maybe they don't have the money to donate, 
but we can at least get their endorsement of the get up and moving campaign. You know, we recently saw Vespero, who's been a huge supporter of the American Council of the Blind for quite a while now, partner up for the 6060. What um what are some of the target corporations that, that you guys are looking at to partner for this initiative, this campaign? Probably a lot of the corporations, businesses that people listening to your program are thinking of already. And as, as a matter of fact, we welcome any suggestions. You know, any anybody could uh, feel free to contact me or anyone on this on this committee. Um, we're we're talking about Walmart and Target and um, Coca Cola and Nike. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Real quickly, um, Anthony, Dan didn't do that justice because Dan is very modest here, but. Yes. Brenda Dillon was, Brenda and Dan were the first two people that Dan and I met in the American Council of the Blind in 2009 when it was here. Brenda was one of my closest friends in ACB. That's how I got involved in the auction and the walk. So Dan, Dan didn't do that justice because he's so modest, but Brenda would be very proud of Mr. Dan Dillon. There were just teammates, companions, you know, did everything together. And uh, she would just be so proud of him. And I just had to chime that in because he was being a little modest there about. Thank you, Leslie. So thank you. I think she would be so, so proud of you. So she's looking down on you smiling. So I would have to jump in and say, I agree with that, Dan. I didn't know your wife that well, but what I knew of her, she was a special person and she really poured her heart and soul into so many things for ACB, but the thing that impressed me about Brenda the most is this, that she always, always, always took a personal interest in people. So someone pulled her aside at a convention and said, you know, I need some advice or called her on the phone. She was always available to people in our community. And I just thought, you know, as someone that came to our community in the late 80s, I was just always impressed by that because she really cared. And that's really yeah. important. And um when ACB, with your support and your help, renamed the walk, the Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk, not only a great tribute to Brenda, but it was a really smart fundraising move because it really personalized how this organization raises money in memory of someone that was passionate about fundraising and passionate about the mission of this organization. So she was a special person, Dan, no doubt. She yeah. sure was. Yeah. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Leslie. And, uh, you know, Brenda, if I might say, was... Uh, a great speaker and a tremendous motivator. Just one of many things that impressed me about Brenda was she was not afraid to call anyone for an auction item or a, a donation or to support <laughs> a, a, a legislative uh, issue. She never, I don't think she ever called the president, but I, but I, I, she, I don't think she would shy away from that. But she I don't think she many. would either, Dan. She would not right. even shy away from that. I think she might have rubbed off on Leslie, too, because Leslie's just as good. <laughs> yeah. She did. Yeah. I got all my, all my lessons from her. <laughs> so if we could just, um, just go back to some of the sponsors, Anthony, because I think that's really important. Um, yeah. And I do want the audience to know that if they have ideas, please uh, – share them with us as uh leslie said ideas um, and contacts if you exactly. know somebody in a company that you know helps exactly. distribute fundraising money or even knows knows a person who knows a person who knows a person just the right. in alone helps us out yeah go ahead, I, I would say that just you know i i want our i want your audience to know it's not just about the dollars and cents it's about we need Sheila mentioned that she started getting into running and she's running with a group called Achilles. 
Um, and they're not able to give us money, I don't think, but they can certainly endorse what we're doing and spread the word out there for us. Um, we're also working with the United States Association of Blind Ath- Athletes, USABA. Um, I'm not sure yep. they can help us financially, but they can sure as heck help us spread the word. And so we need those kinds of contacts as well. Can I piggyback on your comments a little bit? Uh, I wanted to talk about, I've been a member of the United States Blind Golf Association for mm-hmm. many years. And I've heard many, many times over and over again, you know, that when sighted people observe a blind person out there on the golf course, hitting that little yep. ball around, a lot of those sighted people, you know, have been away. They've given up on their golf game, but they, but they're thinking now, man, if a blind guy can get out there and hit that golf ball, I think I'm going to get back into golf. And yeah. I think there's a lot of truth in that. Yes. Visibility is everything when it comes to advancing our, you know, our initiatives, our imperatives, and every little bit helps. No question about it. The visibility is uh, more important than anything else. Um, and that's coming out of a professional fundraiser's mouth. So, <laughs> yeah. Just to mention that, that by an a- influencer or a line on one of these companies, you know, websites will drive the, you know, the traffic, the eyes, so to speak, to back to ACB. We, you know, just a, a piece of um, inside information, we had um, Verizon give us a banner space during convention and the amount of clicks off of that banner space blew us all away. I'm not privy to the actual numbers, but I know that our traffic went up by, by leaps and bounds just from that one piece on the Verizon website. That was another reason, uh, the original, one of the original reasons for the walk is to get you know, blind people out there walking, being being visible, people taking pictures mm-hmm. and observing, you know, a bunch of blind people out there walking independently. Yep. Let's bring up our last um our last member and newest board member. Um, Connie, tell us a little about yourself and where you fit into this campaign. Uh thanks, Anthony, and thanks again for having us. I am from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and I have been a member of ACB, I guess since 1984, I started as a student. I have served in several positions on the local and state area and just newly elected to the board of ACB directors, which I'm very Congratulations. happy. Thank <laughs> you. I've served on quite a few committees. You could say I was on the voting task force to help us get voting accessible for ACB remotely. Transportation, I'm on an pedestrian handbook advisory committee to rewrite the handbook for pedestrians. I think there's a couple other ones, but that's kind of the main ones, I guess. Um, Tom reached out to me, I guess, when he found out about my background a little bit. Health and wellness has always been my true calling since I was young. And I had some training in massage when I was in high school, actually. And I became a medical massage practitioner. And I started as a licensed massage, certified licensed massage therapist. And then I got my certified sports training so I could actually work with like pro athletes and help them train and help them recover from their injuries. I love the health side of massage. I was the first one in South Dakota as a therapist to become a certified lymphedema technician. And that has to do with um, diabetes. It has to do with heart, vascular, cancer, and it's a specific treatment to help individuals with their lymph system damage. I've always exercised. I've always loved to exercise. Growing up, ironically, my parents used to give me exercise equipment um, a lot of times when I for my birthdays or Christmas because I love to work out. I love to run. 
and walk. I was always getting, that was always what I wanted growing up for gifts is a lot of that type of stuff. It's been a heart and soul to me to be involved. I have been self-employed, but then I also worked for Sanford Health System. So Tom, we heard a little bit about advocacy. We heard a little bit about the public relations. What are some of the big goals of the far sweeping goals of this campaign? We talked about the visibility. So we want people in our community, people who are blind and visually impaired to get up and get moving and get out there and be visible. And as far as COVID will allow us to kind of re-enter society and become visible because Dan hit it on the head when he talked about a sighted golfer looking at a blind golfer and saying, well, geez, if he can do it, I should be able to do it too. Um, at the end of the day, um, I would say that it's about visibility for the American Council of the Blind. The bottom line, and I think really, is that we want our members and friends and constituents and colleagues out there to get up and get moving and to you know do a better job of taking care of themselves. Anthony, you touched on this earlier, that uh, you're a couple bad habits away from becoming a diabetic, and from there, you're a couple bad habits away from losing your vision or worse. And I think that's all about what this campaign is about. We all know exercise, good nutrition, getting enough sleep, taking good care of ourselves. Uh, I like to say to people that following kind of a good diabetes regime, if you will, from you know nutrition standpoint, exercise, good, getting enough sleep, all that is good for all of us, whether you're a diabetic or not. It's all about our you know mainstream community getting to know about people who are blind and visually impaired and what we do how we contribute to society. Um, uh, this is especially true in the whole full accessibility of durable medical equipment. I think there's a lot of, I've, I've sat on committees where engineers um, in pharma, pharmaceutical space have a very low opinion of what a blind person can actually do. And I was on an insulin uh-huh. pump for, I was on a pump for 23 years and my endocrinologist couldn't believe I could make it go. I said, well, hey, this is important to me. I'm going to figure out how to make it work. And that's back in the day when there was no accessibility. But I figured out a way to do it for 23 years. Just think how much better it could be if it's fully accessible and I can take advantage of all the bells and whistles of things like insulin pumps, glucose meters, continuous glucose monitors, all the devices that we use out there to better manage our diabetes. So You touched on a a really important um, aspect when you move back to the accessibility of these machines, because this campaign gives us a huge opportunity to reach out to all the manufacturers of equipment, exercise equipment, medical devices, health information portals, medical. You know, with this campaign, it it sort of gives us the entree, the cachet, the excuse, if you will, to get them to partner with us to make all of these things better for us. So I think, you know, we're yeah. just going out and saying, hey, how would you like to fix this machine for me? But if we come and we say, hey, we're a part of this big, wonderful get up and get moving campaign and shining a light on everyone together and all of us working together to make everything more accessible, it's both the outside partners and us internally yeah. get up, getting up and moving. And Anthony, I would just say anytime... We're out in the community. I teach to fully sighted people and they're always in awe. And I tell them that I teach to um, visually impaired folks on the community five days a week. It's totally different for me. I'm teaching sighted people in the morning. I'm teaching blind and visually impaired people in the afternoon. <laughs> so for me, I'm getting both aspects of it. Um, some people are in awe of me. And then when I teach the, the folks on the community, it's like I have to totally rethink, rethink my whole teaching aspect. You know, all these things come into play get up and get moving. Um, you know, my people in the morning might be able to run a marathon. 
People in the afternoon may only be able to lift their one knee. Whatever you can do is awesome. You're out in the community. You're showing people you're out there as a blind and visually impaired folks. And even going into a gym, it's very interesting going into an actual gym. You know, when you walk in with your cane and they go, ooh. (laughs) What are we going to do with What are we going to do with Leslie? Yeah. Underneath this all too, I think it gets lost in the noise of everything that we have to deal with every day. Sleep, exercise, you know, those two things are underlying everything else about our bodies, our minds, our emotions, nutrition nutrition as well. The first thing that the doctor says to you is diet and exercise. The next thing that he or she says to you is how are you sleeping? You know, that's not a get to know you conversation. That's because those three indicators will give a lot of information. And if we remember, you know, if we remember to get up and like, um, I think it was Dan who was saying, you know, when you're sitting at your desk, get up and go to the water cooler, take the stairs instead of the ele- elevator. Mm-hmm. While we're carrying those packages, let's do some on curls to get our heart rate up. You know, all of that will improve everything else in our life. So if this campaign, you know, is successful in any way, shape or form, I hope it's successful in getting a good portion of our population up and moving and paying attention to what it feels like to listen to your body and to, to let your body do what it's naturally supposed to do. Just a little bit of movement is so important. You don't have to run a marathon. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Moving, just moving, just moving your feet, marching in place, even in the chair, lifting your knee, rotating your ankles while you're watching TV. making Doing that YMCA. (laughs) Yeah, the YMCA. You know, Um, there's so many little things that you can do. You don't even have to leave your chair if you can't. At the, at the moment, you know, and that's perfectly fine. You know, people are going to be upset with themselves. Oh my gosh, I can't leave the chair right now. But you know what? Maybe in a week, you're going to be able to be out of the chair and, and march to the refrigerator. <laughs> or you can even uh, just put your hands together so. and do clapping or, mm-hmm. you know, yep. wiggle your fingers or stretch one arm. It's all about what you can do. And one thing I want to say, thank you, Anthony, for having us here is I don't look at Get Up and Get Moving as a campaign. I see it as a three-year education on Get Up and Get Moving lifestyle. Because Mm -hmm. like you said, it's not just about the exercise. It's not just about the nutrition. It's not just about sleeping. And that's where the key moment where your body repairs itself. Mind, spirit, and body. And so we're- the journey. Yeah, the journey. journey. Yep. And this is the one machine we have. And I just want everyone to have a little trivia because I know how much our community has the love of trivia. There are 620 muscles in our human body. 620 muscles. To smile, it only takes about 16 muscles. To frown <laughs> takes about 40. Now, don't let that frown be your exercise. Okay, because it takes more muscles <laughs> to run. But I want you to know is I want you to put your hand on your chest. And I want you to feel the one muscle in your body that you don't have any control of it. And it never stops. You can speed yep. it up. You can slow it down through meditation. You can speed it up through exercise. But that one muscle needs your help. You need to treat it and need your help because you don't have to have diabetes to have heart disease. You don't have to have, that is one thing that every single human being on this planet will all have a cardiac arrest. That's how we all die. 
And it's so important for us to take care of our hearts, our minds, our bodies, and our spirit. And all I want to say is, is that's what I've been teaching for 30 years. And I'm just super excited to work with this community and be an advocate of good, healthy lifestyle and join us on Get Up and Get Moving Lifestyle. Can I just piggyback on that? In my training and treating of my clients, patients, and even like when I was in school, the basically the muscles are your framework of your body. So you think about your foundation is the framework of your house. So if your foundation isn't in good shape, your house isn't going to be in good shape. So if your muscles are not in good shape, it affects the rest of your body. Um, and people don't think about it that way, but yeah. it is. So once your muscles aren't working properly, it affects all of your organs. That's why it affects your heart. It affects your lungs. It affects your globular, everything, your liver. So once you keep going, our bodies were not made to see still. They were made to be standing Used. and moving. Yep. So and the more so quickly too. Um, you yep. do. That's so once you don't move, but even like the circles and stuff, but it's just a matter of drinking that water. I mean, I will be honest, I had healthy protein balls while the other ones were talking earlier because it was over my lunchtime. So I was sitting here eating some really healthy protein balls that when I worked at Sanford, they were a recipe from a cardiac dietitian. And I think that maybe we should share and I have some healthy recipes with the get up and get moving page. Maybe that's some of the things that we should also share is some healthy recipes if people have less about the protein balls. Hey, yeah, I'm yeah. thinking get up and get moving cookbook, Leslie. Connie, you gonna make some of those protein bars for the auction? <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly don't on the spot. Go Terry. I, I honestly yeah. don't make them. My husband makes them for me. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> your husband's donation to the auction. <laughs> So I don't know, maybe I could get him to do that, but I'm not sure. But yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah. It's, no worries. But it's pressure count. Yeah, no, you know, no yeah, you know it's like. <laughs> Connie's already done a lot. So thank you, Connie. Atrophying is so important because we're talking about getting up and get moving, guys. And if you don't move, what do you do? You, you atrophy. lose it. Atrophy. Yeah. You lose it and you atrophy and you atrophy quick. 72 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. quickly, and we all, and you know, this is a this is a very important part. I talk about this on my calls. If you guys don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, I, I'll tell you, Leslie. When I was sighted and I played soccer, I was in tip-top shape. And if I got like a little cold or whatever, and I was like on the sidelines for two or three days, it was like I had to start all over again. So yeah. I totally agree with you. It's like your body is very quick to go to a state that it it shouldn't be in, but it takes Mm -hmm. all that work to get you. I mean, Leslie, you know, this better than anybody, but it gets all that work to get you where you need to be, but you can lose it pretty quick. You can. That old phrase about riding a bike is not necessarily always true. Anybody who spent any time in a rehab facility or an extended care facility knows 
that, you know, once a person has been, you know, immobile for a while, they have to learn how to walk all over again. They have to teach and train their muscles what to do. It isn't necessarily like riding a bike. You can't be down for a couple of weeks and get right back up. It doesn't, it, unfortunately, it doesn't work that way in life. Baby steps and then, yeah, baby steps. And then you, the more, the healthier you are when something does happen to you. And in this is life, you know, we can't, None of us can sit here and say, you know, we're not going to step off the curb and and get hit by a bus or we're not going to fall, slip and fall on that icy stair. The healthier you are going into a situation like that, the better it's going to be for you to get your body back to, you know, optimum prime back to where you need it to be. Oh, yeah. I've had I've had two knee knee things, a wrist, an ankle. I rehab myself and then I'm back in two weeks. So I'm not the best patient. (laughs) I just want to share a personal story kind of, or if you're really, really healthy and fit, not really, I guess I'd say fit, but healthy and using your muscles and very able to do things before an accident. So with my work, I was actually hit by a car and car sat on top of me and I had extensive injuries and I ended up having a major back surgery that they had to go in from the front and to the back. So the surgeon was just amazed at how fast I healed. And with other surgeries I've had, they said the same thing with my wrist. I had an injury with my wrist and I had stitches out in seven days and the nurse was having a fit and the surgeon said, but she's healthy as she's healed. And that's because my wrists were so strong from the type of work I did. And again, my back, my core muscles, because if you don't have strong core muscles, your back isn't going to be real strong. So- I had really strong core muscles and back muscles. I was really a Gumby. They, one of the classes I had to take, continue Ned, they called me Gumby too. There was a 19-year-old and then myself, and we were so flexible. I could flex, you know, so much. So when I healed, I could bend over right away. When I had another surgery, I sat up straight out of bed within hours. And they're like, the nurses are like, how did you do that? And I'm like, because I can, I'm just, I'm flexible. And I was healthy, but my body had trauma and the doctors didn't even send me to physical therapy. I mean, they knew that I knew the stuff, but having a healthy body ahead of time, I still had injuries, but my recovery was so much faster and better because I mean, before that, before I had surgery, I literally, my husband had to help me out of bed. I could not turn. I could not move. And he had to help lift me out of bed a couple of times because I couldn't do it. Before we, you know, we need to go back to Connie and your role in, in the campaign. But before we go back to that, can you also speak a little bit, and Leslie and Terry, please feel free to chime in, the importance of breathing and, and proper breathing and meditative breathing? Definitely. Definitely so. With yoga, with exercise, anytime you, you lift weights, anytime you're walking, the breathing is so important. When you lift a weight You talked about it earlier, Anthony, when you do a bicep curl, you're contracting eccentric and concentric. So you're shortening the muscle and you're elongating the muscle. So when you're doing that, you're breathing in, when you bring the curl, you know, your arm up towards your shoulder for a bicep curl, if you just throw your arm back down, you're tweaking everything. You're not, it's not the control of the muscle. So you always want to breathe in slowly when it curls up, breathe out slowly when you go down. So you're, you know, you're shortening that muscle and elongating that muscle. If you just bring it up quick, throw it back down, you're not doing anything to build those muscles or the breathing aspect of lifting the weight. Same thing with walking, you know, you're breathing in, 
breathing out. When you start increasing your speed, you're breathing in a little bit more. When you start running, you're, you're breathing in, you know, a little bit more, a different breathing. So everything is different breathing, but you, you learn that breath technique by what exercise you're going to do. I had sleeping issues and still, still am plagued by it once in a while, especially in high stress situations like the last month has been, but I digress as I'm known to do. And one of the things that a, a physical therapist had said to me um, in just a normal conversation, well, you know, what is your breathing routine? And I said, well, in and out. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's not a dance. It's not a dance. It's not a dance. And you know, with just a little bit of um, a little bit of learned behavior, when I lay myself down at night, I now do a breath routine that calms my entire body. I've now learned to combine it with meditation as well. Guided right. meditations are one of the best things you can do for yourself. But again, digressing. But just that five minutes of changing my breathing cycle tells uh-huh. my body alerts it alerts and sets my body to the point you're ready to sleep now and right. you know i thought it was all hokey that it would do the same thing for my mind and my speedy racing thoughts i'm a virgo who wants to get everything done now and done well now <laughs> <laughs> and even but in it, yoga even in yoga yeah. when you do shavasana which is the corpse pose at the very end you're closing your eyes and watch what my watch what my voice does you're breathing in and you're breathing out. So you're calming your mind. You're calming your heart. You're calming your soul and your spirit. And even the Apple Watch has a breathe oh, function God, yes. on it. Uh-huh. A few times a day, my watch will tell me to sit still and quiet my body. It says just even a minute of breathing helps with concentration and focus. Yep. And it will give you these little, for anyone who doesn't have one of these devices, it'll tell you to breathe in when you feel these little taps on your wrist, and then to breathe out slowly between, and then at the end, it'll tell you your heart rate was 71, 73, 69. It'll ask you if you want to breathe for another minute, and my, sometimes I'll do it three or four minutes in a row if I'm not, and my goal is to slow down my heart to see if every minute I can make my heart be a couple beats slower per slower. minute. Yep. I have to jump in. This is Terry. The respiratory therapist is like, wait, wait, I've got 30 years. I got to teach you in a minute. Mm. The benefits of breathing. So just to let you know, again, trivia, because I know how much our community loves trivia. Do you know why you yawn? You yawn is your body telling you to increase your oxygen production Mm -hmm. of your body. And when you yawn, you expand your lungs bigger than the normal breath rate and volume. And it increases the soapy stuff that's in your lung called surfactant. So when you take a nice deep breath, what you're doing is you're expanding your lungs and doing what's called gas exchange. And the key gas that we need is oxygen. And the one we need to get rid of is called CO2 carbon dioxide. And it is amazing that also when you're breathing, you're affecting your cardiac output. What are you talking about, Terry? Well, when you take a breath in, you create positive pressure in your thoracic cavity. In other words, the cage where your heart and lung is. When you exhale out, you create a negative pressure. And that's the time that your body and your lungs work on helping pulling blood to your heart. 
And that is actually the key time that your heart fills itself up and helps feed the coronary arteries. Because believe it or not, your heart is very selfish. When it does its squeeze, that systolic pressure, that top number is when it's squeezing the blood out into your body, it feeds itself first through the coronary arteries. Yeah. So cardio. It's the whole airplane mess thing. It, yes. it needs to take care of itself before it can take care of the body. Exactly. And I'm telling you, I'm with you, Anthony. Guided meditation. There's a great resource that everyone knows about YouTube. It's my favorite price, free 99. <laughs> um, they have many different ones. They've got, you know, I, I, I giggle because they're like, 10 hours of sleep meditation. I'm like, who sleeps for 10 hours? But they have wonderful, like fall asleep in 15 minutes. They have the 10 minute for anxiety. They even have ones for migraines and it just slows you down and gets you breathing where you can increase your circulation of blood flow to the brain. And it can help with the start of a migraine. And it's amazing meditation and let alone all the calls that we have on our community for meditation. There's some great calls that we have. And it's a challenge when you have a mind like yours and and mine, Anthony. I'm an Aquarius, but I'm always like, swim, 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 let's go. We got to (laughs) go. And um, to slow it down, it really takes a lot of practice. But right now, what I'd like to do is just get everyone um, to teach them a technique for today. And we're going to take a nice deep breath in through our nose. Now open your mouth and blow out. So you're going to breathe in and smell the flowers. Deep, 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 deep. Open your mouth and blow out your candles. And you want to do that. Yeah. And you want to do that at least six four to six times every hour, and you'll feel a lot more energy. I know some of you guys may have spent some time in the hospitals, and we had those devices we bring in called incentospirometers, but I'm telling you, there is a much better way of getting your lung exercises, and we all have a little kid inside of us, bubbles, blowing bubbles. Just go to the Dollar Tree. No, I don't sponsor the Dollar Tree. I'm not sponsored by the Dollar Tree. I should. Just go get bubbles and just dip the bubble juice and just blow. And your dogs will love it. The neighbors will love it. (laughs) Just blowing bubbles really helps. Get your lungs expanded. And and you forget that you're doing a breathing technique. And and you kind of forget about what's going on. And just uh, you can't see the bubbles, but you just hear them. And it's just really fun to. I still blow bubbles. So that's my share for today. That's a very cute idea. I like that very much, actually, especially if there are children in your in your neighborhood or in your life. Um, and she's right about the dogs. If, if you're a guide dog user or you have pets at home, they love chasing after the bubbles. But I am going to ask Connie to step back up because as life happens, we, we had a, a very small interruption and we never got to actually hear what your role is in this campaign, Connie. I think I'm just kind of more of a support person. I am. Um... I attend all the subcommittees and I help with the advocacy. I help with the partnership and I help with the publicity. So I'm kind of just there to help everyone out. Terry and I kind of did a a teaching of um, some of our members with Facebook. And 
my husband, actually, I have to give him credit. We're talking about what we were going to teach or what I was going to teach for the first time. And um, Leslie had a Facebook page, but Tom didn't have a Facebook page. So my husband's like, why don't you create a page or a group for Get Up and Get Moving? So that is how our Facebook Get Up and Get Moving page came about is because of my husband's idea. We actually had Leslie help develop it and Terry, and then we got Tom on Facebook going. We don't have Dan going, but that's okay. We, uh, we love our Dan, but that's how it started. And, you know, it, we're up to 151 members within like three weeks, two weeks. So I think that's awesome. We have the moderators. I help kind of post some of that stuff. I think I just kind of encourage and I kind of put my input in where I need to. That's I kind of where my, I think my goal is or my purpose for the committee is all my different awesome. backgrounds. Speaking of that Facebook group, many of you out there can do what some of us have done. You can go up to that invite button towards the top of the page and you can share it with like-minded friends or people that you think would be able to help spread the word or, or just some awareness. Don't be afraid to use that invite button. You know, and I just invite, you know, I welcomed someone else again today. Someone, um, one of our ACB members invited someone and that person accepted. And I did a welcome to that person today beforehand. So, yeah. I want to share a personal story. In one of my earlier incarnations in life, when I was still in college, I worked in retail and I managed a store in a mall. It would amaze me. I, I loved the opening shift. I would get in at 6.30 in the morning, take care of inventory, whatever paperwork needed to be done. Because anyone who's ever worked in retail, you know that once the store opens, you're not getting anything other than customer service done. And I would look out the gates often and see these, these, these folks. And at that point in time, it was predominantly women. And it, that saddened me a little bit. But, you know, you'd ever once in a while see a gentleman joining in. And there they were in tracksuits or, jo- you know, um, jogging pants and they would just walk them all yeah. uh you know mm-hmm. as people know i'm originally from new york it can get awfully cold or awfully hot in the you know the heat of july and august and and so these folks would come before the mall would open and then you know have themselves a cup of coffee or a, a, a smoothie or some you know juice java juice or whatever was going on um but they would spend two hours just walking around the mall power puffing it through and I thought, I remember thinking to myself, I keep coming up with all these excuses, all baseball practices, all the exercise I need, et cetera, et cetera. But if these folks can get up at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning and come walk the mall, all right, I've got to get myself into a gym. And, you know, it's just baby steps. I was telling my recently passed mom when she was going through some rehab situation, if all you can do is stand next to the bed and all you can do is stand for two minutes, that's fine. Stand for two minutes. Mm-hmm. The next time, maybe you'll stand for two yeah. minutes and 20 seconds. And eventually, after, you know, after a couple of days, you'll make it to the door. You'll make it to the bathroom. It's just one step at a time, one moment at a time. And, and it will all conglomerate into something, something hopefully wonderful. It's one step at a time, putting one foot in front of the other. And it's not these big marathons or triathlons. It's just getting up and get moving and feeling good about yourself because you've made this accomplishment. You know, you can stand by the bed for, what do you say, two seconds and then go to the door and, and, and maybe go to the mailbox, you know, but don't give up, you know, and if you're having a bad day, then you've had a bad day. Get it, get back up the next day. Don't give up. That's the main goal. I like to share a story of one of my clients. Please. She 
was probably in her 70s, I'm guessing late 60s, 70s. She was referred to me by um, another healthcare provider when I was at Sanford, but she had had a stroke. And when she came in, her husband came with her all the time, but she was walking with a walker and she could barely do the walker. I mean, barely walk. Her husband had to help guide her. She couldn't turn over at all. So she came and we talked and she had done physical therapy. She had done all the different things and she wasn't improving. So I actually worked with her probably to start with, like, I think every, I think three times a week. And later on, it was like twice a week. But with my training, I was able to massage her a certain way for stroke patients with her specific issues. And a lot of times you think when you come into a therapist or come into even a physical therapist or occupational, you think that you have to have one group of muscles or joints worked. And a lot of times it is, but I have clients that come to me all the time. And this client was the same thing that I listened to them. And then I would, I would know, and your body works together. And like Leslie and Terry, all know that I would actually work up into her skull. I could work, you know, she was having more problems with her legs and some of her arm, but mainly her legs. And I would work the upper part of her body that would coordinate with the other part. And by the time we got them working, it was probably, and she was real regular for a while. And then she kind of backed off and I had exercises at home for her to do. I was qualified to you know, recommend that. And I would, her husband came with her all the time and, you know, we'd joke and laugh and sometimes she wouldn't do it. And sometimes she would. And she had a breakdown session one time with me because I had tested her and she realized that she couldn't. She thought she was doing really well. And all of a sudden she couldn't do stuff that I had asked her. And she said when she was in rehab, she looked in the mirror and it was a wake up moment for her. So she had a, a session that she broke down. But by the time I got done working with her, she used a cane once in a while, but she was able to walk without a cane, actually go shopping in a store grocery store. She hadn't been into any type of store for over two years. It was just remarkable. And that's what I, I like to see is that just like Leslie said, and you've said that one little step, that two little steps, if you can progress it, it's a matter of how you do it and that encouragement and support. And I love how our community has it. But this client, I mean, others had given up on her because she couldn't do anything. And that one healthcare provider recommended me because of my skills and what I, the type of treatment I did. And she was able to walk and it's great to see her out. I see her in the grocery store now and she's pushing a cart and walking. Got to be an amazing feeling. Such a great story. You know, I think one other aspect of this that we haven't touched on yet is the habit aspect. You do something once or twice or three times, and it might be kind of interesting, but then it can be easy to say, well, I'm too busy. You know, I, I can't do this today, but maybe I'll get back to it in two days. Well, maybe I'll get back to it next week. But if moving and taking the stairs and walking a little or whatever, a, a real, a defined exercise routine, whatever you try and, and you want to, you just have to know that. At first, you have to schedule it and be super conscientious. But after you've done it for a while, 
you'll actually feel strange if you don't do it. You mm-hmm. can compare it to brushing your teeth. You know, maybe if you weren't used to brushing your teeth, you'd be like, oh, I brush all that gunk in my mouth and I'm just going to go to bed and I don't feel. But we're so used to brushing our teeth and we know how good it is for us. We go to the dentist, we get a clean bill of health for our teeth or hopefully mostly so. And walking and exercising and movement all get to be habits like that. You, you start to think about things like, oh, gee, while I'm brushing my teeth, maybe I'll practice standing on my left foot for a second. And maybe you need to hang on to the counter and practice standing on your left foot or vice versa. And you want to exercise both sides equally if if your body has that capability. But all these things, it's a habit. And the more you think about it, the more you do it, the more you think about it, the more ingrained as a way of life it becomes. And it really does become less of a chore. It just becomes easier. It is so true. The habit, once you get the habit, it's ingrained in you. When I go on vacation, I do not miss working out. So it's, it's in my blood and I work out a couple of times a day. So, you know, it's, it's a habit for me. It's not, it's not a chore for me. It's, it's what I love. So, you know, we haven't heard from Dan in a little while. I was wondering, Dan, if you wanted to share something maybe from uh, one of the previous walks or something that's you know, feels well, inspiring to our folks out there. Thank you, Anthony. But uh, I was just thinking while Sheila and Leslie were talking, is that I think one of the biggest challenges is to get people out of their house, out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the Chinese that uh, came up with that adage, you know, every journey starts with one step, with a first step. And I think that's a momentous occasion when people take that first step. And I think that's very important. Yeah, I hope, you know, as we move along that we celebrate each other's first steps. When we see people posting on the on the Facebook group and hopefully to the blog, 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 I'm, pro- I'm promoting it again, that, we, that we, we celebrate each other, that we congratulate each other and that we encourage, you know, the second, third and fifth step. I, you know, the old adage that, you know, the first step is the hardest. Well, yeah. It kind of is because it's the first one you're going to do. And eventually the steps get easier and easier. Tom, I'll, I'm going to pull a Rachel Mel. Is, is there anything important that I haven't gotten to yet? No, I think this has been a very productive interaction uh, roundtable discussion. Um, as you can now see, Anthony, I am blessed with an amazing group of people on the Get Up and Get Moving committee. And uh, I just feel very fortunate. Um, it's been a really interesting conversation. Well, we've got about 10 minutes left. And before we end uh, this broadcast, I definitely want to go through the resources one more time. But would each of you like to step up and, and maybe share something inspiring about this campaign, about getting up, get moving, or something out of your own personal life that you think would inspire our listeners out there? I think and the let's, most, I, I'm I was excited. Say, and let's start with, <laughs> so I'll say, let's, let's start with Terry. It is so important for communication to occur. If you need help, if you need to make that first step, we have so many resources. We've got the different Facebook pages. We have the e-list. We have the website for acb.org, get up and get moving. You can call us. You can email us. We'll find you a work buddy. We know where to find Leslie Monday through Friday, either 3.30 or 4 um, for a workout. We are there. So communication is key. The other thing. All right. Is you- do you accept carrier pigeon? 
Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Um, the other thing is, is unity. And we, we need to unite our voices for amplifying our needs to be in a healthy lifestyle and our independence of lifestyle. So for me, communication plus unity equals community. And that's what I want to drive this campaign. Thank you for letting me share. How about you, Sheila? When I was young, there weren't a lot of organized blindness sports for me to get involved in, but I always wanted to do things. And I had been turned away from several gyms and probably 12 or 13 years ago now, I decided I was going to go to this gym that I could walk to. It was about a mile away and I was going to conquer it. And I went and they were reticent. They were like, well, nobody, nobody, you know, really can help you here. And oh, you and that dog will have to be in the corner because people won't want the dog. Well, I have to say that I just kind of bit the bullet and I learned how to train the teachers and I did a kind of a lot of work to get to where, you know, I, I'm a valued member now at the gym and I have probably given them gifts and I think I've definitely been the winner and I always wanted to run my whole life and I never had a, a partner to run with. And then just this past year, Achilles International which I know you've probably heard featured in some of our Get Up and Get Moving. It's a partnership between volunteers and disabled athletes internationally. They have chapters in various places, although they don't have chapters. So now, starting in April, I I began running, and I I have a running practice to go to every week, and I have races to sign up for, and, and I have people who enjoy this whole Get Up and Get Moving vibe so much that they're even willing to run with me on a Friday night or times when it isn't the official practice. What I would suggest for people is if you feel like you need that one-on-one kind of connection to feel involved and to feel um, supported, let us help you find groups in your area. Let us help you get connected with people in your community or do what you can to find out. Because I know for me, that in person, you know, all of our communication is great, but I know that I've gotten an awful lot out of the in person touch, you know, with my fellow human beings that want to stretch and run and applaud each other. So that might be something that would help you is if you can find some local way to really connect. What a great way to, to start, you know, your own version of a social network, talking to, you know, piggybacking on Terry's community thing. You know, a lot of people in our community say, well, no one pays attention to us or no one ever starts the conversation. Well, you know what? That is true in a lot of cases, but that doesn't mean we can't start the conversation. And it doesn't mean that when the conversation starts, that it won't be meaningful afterwards, especially when you have a subject that you're both like-minded in starting that conversation. How about you, Dan? You have something inspiring for our listeners? Well, I, I hope so. <clears throat> I'm coming from a uh, personal level here. Uh, I've always been a walker. I've moved several times, and every house that I move to, you know, I learn the neighborhood and uh, get out and walk at least every other day. I've tried to keep my weight down and other things, and I, you know, I've tried to. Well, I've dieted some. I'm not so good at dieting, but I'm. But basically, I've tried to keep my weight down. Okay. 
and I've tried to keep moving, exercise. At one time I jogged, but uh, I just get out and walk now. But now, now that I'm up in years, I have challenges like a lot of people. I, I have diabetes. I have arthritis. I have an irregular heartbeat. But here's the point. What would happen if I hadn't tried to take good care of my body over uh -huh. the years? I may not even be around now. So that's yep. that's my point. Mm -hmm. Leslie, you still with us? Yeah, I'm still with you. Every day I'm inspired. I got the opportunity to come to Florida and get, it's hard for me not to say this without crying a little bit, with being here and, and having Dan Spoon being my inspiration to get certified and become an aerobic instructor and a personal trainer and all my other certifications. He's been my rock through everything. And then Cindy Hollis reaching out to me when COVID hit and asking me to teach yoga one time a week when I started when COVID hit in April of 2020. And now we've been doing it for the whole year plus. And yep. it's gone from one yoga class to five, to resistance, a happy hour cardio, a resistance ball yoga now for more advanced people. And then the easy chair yoga. Teaching my trait to the community, to the American Council of the Blind community, humbles me each day, each and every day. I don't just teach one hour a day. I give it my all, and it's a four-hour class for me. It's what am I going to teach these people this day and every day? What am I going to teach them that I know that can make their muscles become more strengthening for them, more powerful for them? What can they do? How can some of them just lift their leg? Um, some of these people have other health issues that are in the community. And they have actually become my community and my friends now. Yes. On a day that I don't go through that, I don't say, how is so-and-so today? Where are you? This community has humbled me. It has brought me to tears. It has made me new friends. And I have been teaching over 25 years now. I never thought I would get this humbling again. And I have been through everything. Like Sheila said, I have been um, discriminated against many times. Was not able to teach for many years when I first started because of my business. I had to team teach. I got five minutes to teach a class. And that's because of my vision. The liability was there. I've been through many things getting CPR trained. They didn't want me in class one time had to really advocate for myself. And there's been many times that I wanted to pull out, but you know, you got to persevere. And like I say, Dan Spoon has been my rock through all of it. And now I say, besides Dan, the ACB community. So I hope they never stop coming. COVID was a blessing for me, you know, because I get to teach to the community every day. So I think that deserves a big all you woohoo. Everybody, nice. You know, we celebrated 5,000 community calls a few weeks ago, and Sunday yep. edition um, devoted a show to it as well. And I think the biggest thing, besides learning new skills, crafting, or yoga, or all the different, I mean, there are so many, there's a call for everyone. Get that weekly listing, by the way. Um, you know, community at acb.org. You can get that weekly listing and listing and find Terry and Leslie's calls, a few of my calls. But, you know, we we became friends. We became family with people all around this country that we may never have, have interacted with before. And now, like you said, Leslie, you have people, if you go on certain calls, where's so-and-so? 
We haven't heard from so-and-so in a couple of days. Did somebody reach out just to, you know, my own personal, as you guys all on this call know, but you know, when my mom passed, I had 187 personal emails that I am still in the process of replying to. And and when the phone was going off, family members like, well, who's that now? Who's that now? And I'm like, oh, it's somebody else from ACB. It's somebody from FCB. It's somebody from BPI. The, The amazing amount of support. There's no words for it. There is no How about you? Yeah. No, no. How about you, Connie? I know you gave us an inspiring story. So how about you <sighs> tell us something, get up, get moving related that's inspiring? I just want to you know, say that Leslie does, I've done a couple of her classes and she does an awesome job with the members that join. And she is so flexible and so good about explaining things and helping them through if they don't understand. So I just applaud her. Um, it's a couple of different types of exercise that I've done with her. And um, I'm just so proud and I'm so happy that she can do that. When I worked full time um, and she talked about, you know, you know, habit. I used to get up at 4 a.m. every day and um, worked out and then go to my job and did a physical job. I just I think I feel so much better when I go out and I walk or I run. And I I think. I process, I pray, you know, I, I'll tell you another personal story about it. Get up and moving, but I was out walking. I was out walking last year during COVID on April 1st. And I was trying to decide about retiring. My husband and I had talked about it. My health because of the accident had gotten worse and um, I loved it. I loved my clients and I was having a hard time with it. And I've been praying for a long time. And all of a sudden, if you're religious or not, I'm sorry, but I heard God talk to me and say, it's time. It's time to do it. And that was a get up and get moving, an inspirational, emotional time for me. And then later that afternoon, Eric Bridges calls me and tells me that I'm a J.P. Morgan Chase fellow winner. And it was just like my world all came together. But it was out walking and thinking and praying that it's just emotional. And I mean, my husband will go, go clear your head. And that's what my parents used to tell me, go clear your head. And that's what I love to do is just to get out and move. Um, my husband has been my rock. You know, Leslie talked about Dan. If it wasn't for my husband, Seth, I would not be who I am today. And I left my banking career and went back and got my massage degree. My parents helped me or supported me, but my husband pushed me and supported and I had the obstacles, but I just, my heart was always there. It was always in fitness. And even in school, I would, I remember my, my coach would say, and I have a bad day and she looked at me, she's like, go run. I just, I know you need to go run instead of do whatever else we were going to do. And I would, I would just feel so much better. So emotionally it's, a good feeling to get up and get moving and it's a release and I just encourage one little step at a time and we're a community and we're all here to help each other I mean if you have questions or need support I have two different friends I have a friend that's local that's deaf and we both have the smartwatch apple watch and we help each other we support each other with exercise and watching our rings and then yeah. I have, I have a friend that is 
in Michigan from an ACB member who we have become really super close friends. And we email every day and we support each other. We check in with each other to see if we've exercised, you know, how our day's going. And it's just wonderful that knowing that you have that support and encouragement from other people. So it's just little things that I would recommend. Well, last but certainly not least, Tom, I'm going to ask you for some inspiring thoughts and then close us out by reminding us about the dance party and the resources, the resource pages that we can go to for Get Up, Get Moving. Sure. Well, I would just say initially, thank you so much, Anthony, for having us on your Sunday edition. And I want to extend my personal thanks to everyone around this roundtable for just doing another amazing job on these calls we've been doing together. You all touched on it, so I, but I'm just going to add my, my spin to it. I mean, ACB is, a, is an amazing community. What we're trying to do is one small piece of uh, helping our community to live a healthier, happier, longer life. It's a real honor to be part of this. Uh, and I will say my, my inspirational story is that when I lost my vision in 1985 from complications of uh, you know, long-term diabetes, I was a junior in college. I went to Kenyon College. You know, you probably never heard of it, but our claim to fame is that Paul Newman graduated from Kenyon. But anyway, I did my blindness rehab at the Cleveland Sight Center. And back in those days, the program was very robust and very well run. So I went through the paces. I learned how to read and write Braille. I, w- I learned how to travel independently using a white cane. I learned activities of daily living. I got a little taste of what some of the adaptive tech was out there, which back in those days wasn't much. And so as I like to tell people, Anthony, I came out the back door of the site center as a very, what I call, technically proficient blind guy. I knew all the tools. I had all the training. I knew what I was doing. But you know what? Personally, in my heart, I couldn't stand being blind. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. I just wasn't there. And when I got involved with the American Council of the Blind and I met people like all of you sitting around this roundtable today, and so many people put their arm around me both literally and figuratively and said, hey, Tom, look, you got dealt a crappy hand of cards, but life goes on. And you all and... um People I've met over the years, Paul Edwards, Mitch Palmer, so many, I couldn't even name them all. But of course, all of you taught me how to really be a blind guy and really fully adjust to my blindness. And um, if it wasn't for friends like all of you and the many people I've met over the years, I gosh, I've been involved in ACB since 1988, I wouldn't be where I am today. And it's it's because of the inspiration and the support that I've gotten from so many of my friends and colleagues in ACB, then that's, uh, Anthony, uh, one of the reasons I did what I did professionally for ACB is to help get their development program back up and running was more out of labor of love than it was for getting paid. Of course, getting paid is important, but it was really because I'm passionate about ACB because of the people, because of all of you, and because of the things I've been able to do, because I had people that helped me fully adjust to my blindness. And, um, I will just end on that I'm I'm incredibly indebted to many people in this organization. I'm incredibly grateful to people in this organization. Uh, I'm very blessed to have been given opportunities to do the things that I've done. Um, and I attribute a lot of that to the American Council of the Blind. Um, and that's why, you know, I know I'm passionate about this Get Up and Get Moving campaign. If I might, 
uh, since we are talking about uh, all the different resources out there, I know, I'm sure, Anthony, you have many listeners who are maybe perhaps wrestling with uh, vision impairment and diabetes. So I would like to give out contact for ACV Diabetics in Action, uh, an email that I'd ask you to write to if you're interested in learning more about ACB Diabetics in Action and all of our monthly programming. Um, I think one of our strongest uh, assets is what I call the peer-to-peer interaction. We all are talking about our peer-to-peer interaction with each other here on this call, but you know that's a niche, right? That's vision impairment and diabetes, and not everybody lives with that. So I think that's one of our strongest aspects of ACB Diabetics in Action. So if you want more information or you'd like to uh, join or just learn more, feel free to send an email to ACBDA, that's our initials, ACBDAORG at uh, gmail.com. People on my team in ACB Diabetics in Action will will get it and they'll either reply or send it to the right person. But um, maybe my publicity folks can help close us out as far as uh, what's going on with the Dance-A-Thon and any other contact information we, we want to share with our, our listeners out there. Terry, Leslie? Well, the Dance-A-Thon is, is, is the big event. So October yeah. 15th, Terry. Yeah, we're super excited with ACB Media's help and support. Um, we are going to be dancing from 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. starting in 1960 and going all the way to 2010. And the whole group will be there for the grand finale. We're going to have uh, prizes. We're going to have trivia. And just, it's one big party. Um, and where can you go? Where can you go for all this information? Well, let's just go to acb.org and type in the search, get up and get moving and go to our webpage that Jennifer and Kelly have designed for us. And if you are in charge of your affiliate or chapter's website, remember there's a link um, that you can download and it, Anything that Kelly does to update our page will automatically update your page. And if you have any questions, please reach out. The email is on where? Our webpage. And then we have our Facebook groups. Oh, my goodness. We've got, you know, ACB community, but we've got our ACB get up and get moving. And then also we want you guys to hashtag what you're doing. Did you know vacuuming for an hour? is just like running three miles. Excellent. I did not, but I like the idea of that. I like it. I <laughs> don't yeah. think so. <laughs> I just want you to know that um, I'm working on house tours equaling exercises. So Those are good ones, too. I know, I know. And I, I, love I did it. gardening. I did yes. gardening the other day. Gardening, gardening. Yes. yes. There's a lot of things that you don't realize. And like um, Sheila had mentioned when you're brushing your teeth or if you're washing your dishes, stand on one leg, go on the other leg, do squats. I mean, there's so many things you can do to integrate into your life. So we want you to share because remember, communication plus unity is going to create our community. So mm-hmm. thanks, don't everybody. forget advocacy at acb.org because we have to get those laws passed. That's right. Yes. All right. Well, this has been another great Sunday edition and we've gotten up and we've got moving. Please look to that um, Facebook community group for some more of my exciting dance ideas. And I am sure you folks will be back uh, later on in the campaign when some more exciting stuff is coming. Tom, Leslie, Terry, 
Connie, Sheila, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. I'll be back next week with another exciting show. You've been listening to Sunday Edition with Anthony on ACB Radio Mainstream. For more information, questions, comments, feedback, suggestions, etc., please email celebration ac that's the word celebration with the letters ac at aol.com look forward to hearing from you and let's brunch again next sunday 